Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. morning. Uh, I'm really excited to speak to you today and today's, today's one of those days. I'm going to help you with some friendships and relationships and uh, so lean in just a little bit today. Uh, maybe even a little more than the normal because friends are, friends are God's gift, man, to you and I want to talk a little bit about friendships and those kinds of things. But how many of you know we start talking about relationships and friendships and we're in this second week of a series called Relationship Goals? It applies to marriage, and I will use the marriage metaphor a lot, but it doesn't matter if you're single, single again. If you're married, married again. Uh, it, doesn't, it works with the employer-employee relationship. It works in friendships. The biblical principles of relationships work in every form and fashion of relationship. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. And so I want to uh, jump into today a little bit and, and, and start. So... Uh, someone was asked, what's the difference between love and marriage? What's the difference between love and marriage? And they answered, love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. <laughs> can, can I get a name? Okay, that, that one didn't go very good. Okay, let me try this one. Let me try this one. Our first two years of marriage, Heidi, Heidi would cook for me like I was a god. Little G, God. Every night she would lay before me a burnt offering. <laughs> How many of you know she's not here today, so I, I, I brought that one out. <laughs> and you go, well, where's she at? She's with her grandbaby. Can y'all tell there's a new mantle on me today? A, man, a wisdom mantle. Uh, do I look wiser? How many of y'all would like, can y'all self-indulge me just for a moment? I'm sure this is not the last time. Would y'all like to see a picture of my granddaughter, Eleanor Grace, five pounds, 11 ounces, 18 and a half inches long. I don't know why they do that. I was like, how, how long was she? I don't, who cares? <laughs> Uh, and so let me show you this is let me give you just a cute few pics that's <laughs> Uncle Russ said I think Miss Heidi pulled a cheek muscle <laughs> that is she grinning so that's her little bundle of joy let me give you number number give, I got a few here we go that's her look at the lips on that child right there that looks like that, that's her grandmother's lips right there big and juicy the way I like them. <laughs> Let me give you another one real quick. Real quick, there she is. That's with, that's with she's looking up at her Aunt Hillary. I think they're going to call her Sweetie. That's still up for debate. They're choosing their auntie names. And then uh, here's my favorite picture of her so far, right there. <laughs> that looks more like me right there. And so that's little Eleanor Grace. Heidi's with her today. So, y'all, please give it up. William, Mama. William's doing good. He didn't pass out or anything. We were worried about it. 
Uh, we were outside the door listening, and they were like, come on, Mama, push. And we were listening, listening, and then we heard all the doctor and the two nurses in perfect harmony go, happy birthday, Eleanor. And we were like, yes. And Heidi went, <laughs> Just like you knew she would. So uh, I'm going to preach really quick because I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here to go see my grandbaby. And so happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Uh, hey, can I just give you, this is free, by the way. I just thought of it sitting on the front row. I'm going to give you the language of, of healthy relationships right now. If you could just get this, you can, you can leave right here in five minutes. You ready? Let me give you the language of every great relationship. If you really want to know secret, marriage, friendships, I'm just going to give you the language of great relationship. You ready? I was wrong. I'm sorry. You just got to learn to say that a lot. For, I'm sorry about that. I was wrong. Please forgive me for that. Please forgive me. Let's practice. Please forgive me. Baby, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Friend, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Would you please forgive me? Just quick to repent. You, let me give you the other one. Ready? Do you know it? If you always say this, you should always be saying this. You know what it is? It's not I love you. <laughs> I forgive you. Yeah, if they say, please forgive me, yeah, you should reply back. I'll think about it. No, you go, no, I forgive you. No, let me give you the other one. You ready? Thank you. You should be saying thank you all the time. Thank you ought to come out of your mouth more than I love you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that, baby. Thank you for cooking that meal. Thank you for the burnt offering. Thank you. 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 Thank you for doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you please forgive me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you please forgive me? Would you please? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Throw in a I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody would just say thank you over and over again. Why? Grateful heart, a grateful heart, and quick to repent. Because that's how the relationship should work with God. Thankful, always thankful. Everything that I've got comes from you. Thank you for Eleanor Grace, came from you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry, Lord, would you please forgive me? I'm sorry, Lord, would you please forgive me? I'm sorry, Lord. That's the language of great relationships. You can go home now. Let me give you, let me give you today's message. I'm just kidding, don't leave. Let me give you today, biblical principles in relationships work no matter if we're talking about marriage or single. And here's what I know about every single person in this room. I know it to be a fact. Your greatest pain that's ever going to come to your life is going to come because of a relationship. I want you to even think of the greatest pain that you've ever had even now in this life. It came through a relationship. But I can also say this to you, that your greatest joy that you're ever going to have in this life is going to come through a relationship. Thank God I didn't kill William when he was 17. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> Relationships, watch this. Relationships you have in your life are going to be like escalators. They're either going to be taking you up or they're going to be taking you down. There is no neutral in relationships. Every relationship that you have in your life is consequential. It is, it's, 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 whether you're conscious of it or not, it is consequential. 
It's either going to be adding to you or it's going to be subtracting from you. It is the nature of relationships. Now, I want to talk to you today. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to kind of lay out for you. I'm going to use the words of Solomon, who's the wisest man who ever lived. He's in the Bible. And uh, though I look like I have a new mantle on me because I'm a grandfather now and I'm probably a lot wiser than I was last week. But uh, this guy is called the greatest, the wisest man who ever lived. That's what the Bible says about him. So we're going to just take it at that. He's the winner. And we're just going to look at what he says about relationships. And I, I, I want to just kind of lay out what does, what does that look like so that you can, because you've got them, you've got some mental friends and relationships that you have. You can look and go, ooh, I'm, they may be in the wrong priority of my life. Because remember, every relationship is consequential. It's taking you up or it's taking you down. It's adding or it's subtracting from you. And at least if you knew which zone they belonged in, whether they have the impact on your life, those closest to you will have the greatest impact. And so at least you could figure out, hopefully I can help you today, at least to put where priority do they belong? Because you might've had them too close when they needed to be further away. And there may be people that you've cut off and pushed further away that you need to bring in close. Okay, so let's jump in today. Y'all ready? I'm going to just jump right in. Here's what Solomon wrote, 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. Do not be, okay, there's a reason why it says don't be misled. You know why? Because people are always being misled. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Mama and daddy, write that down. Grandparent, write that down. You're going to be saying that to your children and your grandchildren for the rest of your days. Proverbs 13 and 20. Walk with the, if you want to become wise, you don't have to, it's not, I got to go learn more. When you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Relationships are destiny dependent. In other words, you're going to need people in your life because you're never going to reach your destiny without them. There is no self-made man or self-made woman in the kingdom of God. You don't arrive at your destiny by yourself. There will always be people who help lift you up to get you there. Can I get a witness in the room? You go, no, there's always somebody. And so you can go all the way back to the book of Genesis to be our grand example if you want to look at Adam being created in the perfect environment. He walks with God. He talks with God. He's in a place that made the, the, they called it paradise. And yet, even being there, God said it's not good for Adam to be by himself. He's going to need a helper, a paraclete. That's the word that we use. And it's the same word that we use for the New Testament with the Holy Spirit. He's going to need someone who's going to walk beside him who can help him. Usually when I'm doing a wedding, I will look over and there's the, here's the groom and here's the bride and I'll say to the groom, do you know why, I'll say to the groom, do you know why the Bible calls her your helper? And all grooms do the same thing. I don't know. And I said, bro, because you need help. Can I get a witness, ladies, in the room? If you're married, you go, mm-hmm. He needed some help. When I married him, mm-hmm. 
If, if this is true, if all relationships are escalators, destiny-dependent, purpose partners, if you will, if you believe that's true, then that means that we have a stewardship, a responsibility to steward the relationships that are in our life. And I'm not just talking about the right people, though that's important. I'm talking about having the right people in the right place. Let me say that again, because you need to lean in. You need to have the right people in the right place. You need to have the right people in the right place. In other words, not everybody should have your cell number. Did that ever happen to you? You see the number, you don't have it locked into your phone and you're going, it's 337. I don't know. Maybe I should send it to voicemail. Cause I don't, and then you answer it and then you go, how in the world did this cat get my number? Not everybody should. Not everybody should have the same access to your life. Not everybody should have that place in your life. And so I thought we were supposed to love everybody, Pastor Eugene. Yeah, but we, we should love everybody, but not everybody should have the same access to your life. And you go, okay, can you prove that biblically? Yes, I can. Let's just take Jesus. Did everybody have the same access to Jesus that everybody else had? No, we know that he preached a 5,000 crowd, fed them. We know after the resurrection that he showed up to 500 people. We know that in the upper room where the Holy Spirit fell in the book of Acts, we know that there were 120. We know that in the Gospels when he sent 70 disciples out on a mission, but we know that he only walked with 12 and then there was Peter, James, and John that had access to him to the Mount of Transfiguration, the highest part of his life, and, then he, and they were also in the Garden of Gethsemane at the darkest part of his life. So we know that not everybody had the same access to his life as everybody else did. Y'all tracking with me so far? So I want to help you to go, who should I let, let have the access code to my life who knows my password? What does that friend actually look like? And by the way, if you're married in the room or going to be married, all five of these, we should fulfill these five for our mates. Because I ain't got a better friend in the world than the girl with the pulled cheek muscle. <laughs> Did y'all need to see that picture of my wife again or that grandma? <laughs> Thank y'all for self-indulging me. I'm sure when Heidi gets back, she's going to want to put her favorite pictures up too. So thank y'all. Did I tell y'all Elizabeth's doing great? Yeah, I don't want to miss my daughter-in-law. She's the world, the hero in all of this. So let me, let me give you a picture of what this looks like so that you'll know. Number one, let me give you the characteristics of this friend that you've been looking for. Number one, they need unshakable character. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 33. Do not be misled. We've already read it, but I'll read it again. Bad company corrupts good character. What does that mean? Let's do a little bit of inventory real quick on unshakable character. What does that mean? Lean in for a moment. If the friend you've got now will lie about somebody else, one day, they will lie 
about you. Yeah. Uh, we, we should be going, oh my, not clapping. All right, here we go. If they'll gossip about others, then one day they will gossip about you. If they are jealous of others, one day they will be jealous of you. So unshakable character. I, I, I like to use the story, have you ever been on a cross country trip or a long road trip and you're driving with somebody and you're getting tired and you're thinking, I could pull over and let them drive, but I'm not sure we're going to get to the right place if I do, okay? That person, that, that's what we're talking about, doesn't need that access to your life. How many of you know there's some people, you could, they could get, there, get you there better. That's what relationships do. They help you get to places that you could not get by yourself or on your own. Uh, let me just speak to the men just for one second. Men, we have a problem. We are prideful. We are. Every single man in this room wrestles with pride. You're not going to get there by yourself. I don't need nobody. No, yeah, you do. You're full of pride. And that's why you, God gave you a helpmate with unshakable character to drive sometimes while you sleep. <laughs> Heidi can get us there. We're just going to get there about four times faster than we should. That woman's got a problem. She's not here today. Y'all pray for her. She has a lead foot. She drives too fast in the name of Jesus. We got that 360 thing. I don't know if y'all do. And I can tell, there have been times she's coming home from Dallas. She's going 99 miles an hour. And I will call her and go, Heidi, slow down. She goes, well, there ain't nobody on the road. I go, I don't care. You hit a pebble at 99, baby. You airborne. Y'all pray for me. Stretch your hands toward me right now. So let me give you number two. Here's the friend you're looking for. By the way, husbands, wives, this is what we should do for our, for our mates. Unconditional love. The love should not be based on how good of a husband I'm being. Heidi should love me regardless. I, I, I can't love her based on the job she's doing, how well the meal was. And if she's doing everything she's supposed to, to do, then I just love her. Look what the Bible says about this friend. Again, this is Solomon writing. A friend loves at good times, bad times, all times. And a brother was born for the time of adversity. They get to see the best of you, they get to, and they've seen the worst of you. And it doesn't change how they feel about you. This is when everybody else in your life, because the day of adversity is coming from you. If you're not in it now, one is coming. It just is. This is the person that runs in when you're going through the day of adversity while everybody else is running out of your life. They're running in. Not everyone who attends your party is going to attend your pain. Did y'all hear that? Not everyone that comes to your party is going to come to your moment where you've got pain. 
Don't be offended by those who don't attend your pain. All that simply did was do the calling factor to let you know who should have greater access to your life. The one who comes in during your season of pain is the one that you can give your passcode to, that you can give your life to. Those are the people that are going to help you get to the destiny that God has for you. Y'all picking up what I'm laying down. Yeah, I'm just telling you by the spirit of the Lord, there are some people that you've let inside. You ride or die, baby. No, you need to die. They need to die. Something needs, they need to move out. And you need to get some new in. That's why you need to go to small group. I'm telling you, not just because you may need something, there may be somebody there that needs you. You need to go in going, I want to be a blessing. I want to be. You go, I don't have a friend like that. I'll help you. Newsflash. Become this and you'll have this. No, no, you didn't hear what I just said. Because some of you are going to go through the list and you're going to say things, I ain't got nobody like that. Then the point is, if you don't have anybody like that, it means you need to become that. And if you become that, God will send all kinds of people like that. Are you tracking with me? Let me give you number three. It gets tougher. Unbridled honesty. Proverbs 27 and 6. Wounds from a friend. Oh, think about this. How many people, and I've done it too, did you cut out of your life because they told you the truth? And you didn't like the way it was delivered. You might have cut the friend out that God was trying to send you. You're like, oh, who are they? Who do they think they are? Judging me. When God was sending the truth to you on two legs to speak to you because you wasn't listening to the hymn when he was trying to share it with you in your heart. So he sent the friend and you cut the friend off and excluded. And that should have been the one that you brought in closer and said, thank you. Watch this. Oh, but the enemy multiplies kisses. Yeah, I wouldn't listen to them either. Who do they think they are? Yeah, they judging you. I, I'm still grateful. I'm looking. I know where he normally sits, but they're normally at the next service. Uh, they sit up there in the cheap seats over here. Um, I don't mean cheap seats. Uh, they all cost the same. Uh, they're, uh, um, in the balcony. Uh, one Sunday, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but I said something from the pulpit, a joke that I thought was funny, but not everybody in the room thought was funny. It was over the line. I know you'll find that hard to believe that I went over the line. And after service, everybody's, oh, great message, press to you, great message, press to you, great message, press to you, great message, press to you. Sam, George, can I talk to you for a second? Sure. Hey, that joke you said, that wasn't good. What? No, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Pastor you, I know your heart. Not everybody in the room gets close enough to know your heart. And some people in the room are going to be offended by that. And it was unnecessary. You didn't have to say that. I said, Sam George, hug me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you would love me enough 
to tell me the truth because I don't want that to happen. And I promise you next Sunday, I'm apologizing. And I did the following Sunday and apologized and thanked my brother who loved me enough to come and wound me a little bit to tell me the truth because he was more concerned about the reputation of God and mine than his own. And I, that's the brother. I don't want to push that brother out. What do I want to do? If you ever see anything else in me, you come up in here and you tell me that what you see. Let's, listen to me. I want you to be a lover of truth no matter who it comes from. That you would love truth. Wherever it comes, God sometimes will send truth to you. In his word, yes, but not always in his word. Sometimes it comes walking into your life on two legs and it will speak truth to you. I've done it before. Uh, we, we even had a man in our church one time, a good, great brother. Man, I, I, I had to make, we had, can, can y'all handle this? We had an individual in our church who was a leader who had some character issues. And I was going to have to pull them back. But I knew that was going to hurt, could hurt our congregation. So I'm wrestling with it. And me and another brother talking about it. And he said to me, That's, this is not his test. This is your test. I'm passing my test. And I handled the situation. Hurt our church for a little bit. Because not everybody got to see behind the scenes and completely understand. You can't explain everything. I didn't want to uncover the brother. But you had to handle the situation. But I needed unbridled truth, honesty in my life. By the way, listen to me. Honesty is honor. Wife, listen to me. You need to find your voice. You need to be honest with your husband. Not disrespectful to your husband. Because men can't handle disrespect. I'll give you a clue, ladies. Men think respect and love are the same thing. Somebody tried to clap there, but, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, brother. I, thank you for even volunteering. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> no, we do. We, 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 I've never mind Heidi telling me the truth, ever. I, I didn't like it, but she's learned through the years. We've had to navigate this, early years. I go, baby, you can't come at me disrespectful. If you come at me disrespectful, it's as if you're saying, I don't love you. If you'll be respectful, I can still handle the truth. But you got to do it in a respectful way because it, 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 it bugs me. Uh, you men are so scared. Like, yeah, I want to I wanna say man, but I'm just... Uh, not you, baby. No, no, you would never. I'm trying to help, help a brother out here, and I don't get any backup. Thank you, boy. I got one brother that's with me. Whew, I'm up here preaching by myself. God will send the truth. Let me give you number four. Let me give you four. Unmovable reliability. What do you mean by that? Let's go to the word first. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What does that mean, reliable? I'll give you, give you a couple of other words. Reliable, 
dependable. You can count on them. Trustworthy, that they are trustworthy. You can put your trust in them. They are predictable, that you know, dependable, trustworthy, reliable, predictable. And, and, and you go, I, I guess the best way to explain it is this way. How many of you, this is Heidi and I, so many times we've done this through the years. We're going to go on vacation, but the car that we own isn't dependable enough to get us to the destination that we're trying to get to. Anybody ever have to rent a car to go on vacation? Let me see your hand right now. You're going, we're just going to have to rent a car. Why? Because our car won't make it to Bro Bridge. I mean, you know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> to Florida or wherever. You know, it's like Houston, Florida. So we, there have been many times we go, well, we're going to have to rent a car. And we've been there. And isn't it sad? You go, our car won't get us to where we want, need to go. Let me say it again. My car won't get me to my destinations. Here's the question. Can your friends help you get to where you know God wants you to be? Remember, relationships are not inconsequential. They're even lifting you up or pulling you down. They're either adding to you or subtracting. And so I, want, I do want to say this to you just as kind of a disclaimer, like the asterisk at the bottom. It takes time. Trust is earned. And, and I would even say you would rather let someone in one day too late than put them inside of your circle one day too early. But I know some of us, we've grown up, we ride or die, and there are some people in your circle that you went, mm, you got to be honest and go, they ain't going to help me get to where God wants me to go. And if that's the case, then that means God has somebody else that does need to get into the circle that can help you reach your destiny. Okay, let me give you, let me give you, let me give you number five, and we'll, we'll, we'll land the plane. It'll take me a minute, but let me give you number five. And this one's so important. Unceasing encouragement. Everybody say encouragement. Yeah, what, is, what does that mean? Encourage means to, to pour in, to encourage, to take courage and pour it in them. And uh, I, I'm, I, I love Ecclesiastes chapter four. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. A friend, Adam needed a helper. The Holy Spirit is called our helper, the one who walks beside. Solomon's also saying now a friend is going to come along too, or better than one. Honest, reliable, dependable, born for the day of adversity, predictable. I've been there. Several years ago, I, I, some of you may remember those days, the Civic Center days. Anybody part of our church during Civic Center days? Yeah, that was set up, breakdown. I don't remember what year that was. It was probably our last run at the Civic Center was probably like year nine and 10. And a couple of years ago, well, several years ago now, but it was in like year nine and 10 and probably year nine, I was discouraged, I wanna be honest, because we've been doing this for a long time. 
Pastor Chris Hodges, the pastor of uh, one of the largest churches in America, we were having dinner one night. And he says to me, Pastor Eugene, and you, some of you remember Pastor Chris. He actually spoke at the, uh, at the high school years. And Pastor Chris said, how long have y'all been setting up and breaking down? And I said, well, it's, it's been uh, almost 10 years. And he goes, well, you can't do that. I said, what do you mean? He said, you can't do that that long. I said, okay. <laughs> how long can we do it? He said, seven. You can only do it seven years because you start leaking energy and people get worn out and tired. And so it's like, well, where were you like four years ago to tell me that? <laughs> so so we're, we're, we're talking about, you, you, y'all got to find some land. Y'all got to do something. Y'all got to do something. You're, and that's where we were. It was just like leaking energy. Like, <sighs> and then on top of that, I think our attendance was dropping so then you think it's you, right? You, as a pastor, you think, I got to preach better. And then you think, what, what else? And then the, y'all know this about pastors, right? If the people are there and the offering's up, we're having a pretty good week. And so dollars were down, people were down, I'm down. I, and then I get a letter in the mail from one of you. And you didn't sign it. And it was a three-page report about me and what was wrong with me and how bad of a job I was doing and how full of pride I, if you're still here, you can repent and I will forgive you. <laughs> and how full of pride I am, was and just went through the whole list, three pages. And I just read all three of them and I just went, I need to resign. I'm just, look at this. And I went, oh my gosh. And the phone rings. And it's Pastor Jacob. And he goes, man, God, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. And he says, what's wrong? Do you have a friend like that? That can tell by the inflection of your voice that something is wrong? And I said, well, Pastor, I'm tired. We've set our breakdown. And then I just got this letter. What does it say? It says I'm full of pride. Read it to me. <laughs> I don't want to read it to you. <laughs> I want to hear it. Read it to me. <laughs> Dear Pastor Eugene, you are so full of pride. You are not, you are not breaking the word of God the way it needs to be preached. And you aren't doing that. You think you're funny. You're not funny. You're stupid. <laughs> anyway, that's in my mind. That's what it said. You're... You think you're so cute. You're not cute. You, you, you think you think you're full of pride. I know. You've already said I'm full of pride. And, and Pastor Jacob said, where's Victor? <laughs> Pastor Jacob gets on the line. Let me tell you something, man of God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Every single thing in there is not true. It is not true about you. You are a man of God. God's called you. He's anointed you to preach the gospel. You and Heidi were sent there by God for such a time as this. The people of God are growing and maturing. and We're going to all walk through valleys. We're all coming through. No, uh-uh. What's their names? How many of you know you need a friend like that, right? You need somebody who's going, uh-uh. Get back. Hold my purse.
What was he doing? He may be, I know he did this because I've seen he's done it before. Say this with me. I am a man of God. I am a man of God. Say this with me. I obey the Lord. I obey the Lord. Say this with me. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm called by God. I'm called by God. I am God's man. I am God's man. God, put me on a mission. I'm on God's mission. I just needed somebody who could come out and just remind. A friend. Now listen, let me help you. Because revelation without application is just information. That was a good sermon today, Pastor. You, I took notes. Yeah, I don't want you to just take notes. You got to apply the word. You got to go. Ooh, okay. God's speaking to me. He's because revelation with application brings transformation. I can be transformed. So let me give you some application today. Let me give. Let me give three quick things. Number one, you need to identify. You need to seriously take a roster and go. Where are? Where is this person in my life? Take an inventory of those you now call friends. Just take an inventory. It doesn't mean that you're going to push them out of your life. It just means you might have given them too much access to what's going on on the inside. Not everybody needs to know. Somebody needs to know, but not everybody needs to know. That's why social media, I know I get off on that, and you go, oh, God, here goes Pastor Eugene again. I, I, I've seen it that you're saying things on social media that I would only say to a friend inside of my circle. And you're probably saying it on social media because you don't have anybody inside of your circle. Identify. And then number two, prioritize. We love everybody, but not everybody gets an all access pass to your life nor should they have all access pass to your life. There's some things that you just want to look at somebody and go, that ain't none of your business. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Prioritize. And then number three, this is important. Look, listen to me. When you know that's a God-ordained friend. Number three, you need to invest in it. That's, that's maintenance. That, when you got it, you need to invest in it. I, I, can, I can name circles. I can, I've got number one, Heidi Lynn. She's my best friend. I got to invest in that. She gets all access pass. She got every passcode I got. She gets everything. I'll preach it one day. She, she, she called me out the other day. Did you spend $50 online? Okay, look at me. I have never spent $50 online in my life until the other night. And I went, excuse me? Did you spend it? What was it for? What did you buy? And I said, well, baby, y'all want to know what I bought? None of your business. <laughs> I told her what I bought. I said, well, I bought this the other day. I was thinking about it, and this is what I did. And she goes, well, that's fine. 
I go, well, excuse me. I said, let's look at your online purchases. Because Amazon sends us a Christmas card. <laughs> Love everybody, but not everyone. You got to invest in that relationship. You got to invest in it. You got to invest in friends, a Pastor Jacob and Michelle in our life as, as a sample. And there are many others. But we got to invest in that. I, I said to Heidi, she's, when we moved here, She's like, we don't ever see Pastor Jacob Michelle much anymore. I said, that's not on them. That will be our responsibility to make sure we always engage, initiate the investment. They're very busy. We'll initiate. We need to go to dinner. We'll call them. Give us a date. We're going to dinner. Let's go. Let's go. Because we're going to always, and, and Pastor Jacob and Michelle are so giving and blessing. and They always outdo us. But it always goes, no, I'm coming back at them, you know. This is just back and forth and back and forth. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Let me say this to you. If you go, man, I wish I had a friend like that, don't miss the message. Become that friend. And God will start sending those people like that in your life. Don't wait to find it become it and if you'll become it then you'll see God bring those people into you are y'all picking up what I'm laying down this morning no but let me know if you're, you're picking up what I'm laying down you're, 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 you're hearing what I'm saying you're hearing what I'm saying I told the earlier service and I'll tell you as well I, maybe it's because of the grandpa thing I'm getting like weepy and reflective all of a sudden. <laughs> Pastor Jacob called me the other day and said this to me. This is scary. He said, Pastor Eugene, how old are you? 58. You about to have your first grandbaby. Yes, sir. He goes, you ain't got much time left. I don't, is there something I don't know? <laughs> no, no. He goes, you don't have that much time left. He said, you need to make sure that you're investing in the right people. If not, you'll waste your time investing in the people that you shouldn't be investing in because you're going to miss the people that you should be investing in. I go, that's true. That is true. I don't want you to miss that. If you don't have that friend, you got to become that friend. That's why small groups are important. You need to bridge. You need to go, I'm going in faith. I'm believing. Trust takes time. I'm not talking about jumping all the way in. Better to let somebody in one day late than one day early. But you don't know there might be a divine relationship just waiting for you until you sit in a room in circles, not facing forward, but in circles. Talking. Here's what God's saying to me. Iron sharpens iron. One brother strengthens another brother. To sit in a circle and hear somebody say, me too is encouraging. Me too. So I want to encourage you to do that today. Do you receive this word today? I want to pray for you, and then I want to share. Just I want Christians, you're going to pray because we're going to ask. There might be someone here today who does not know Jesus as their Lord, and today could be eternity for them. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. 
So Father, today we receive the word. Thank you today, Father, you're showing us. You're really showing us who you are. And that's the friend that we should now in turn be. So Holy Spirit, I'm praying that even today, you would divinely connect us into the right small group. That Father, some of us would even prioritize the relationships we have. I know there's some people that we need to move out and we know there's some that we need to move in. I pray for marriages today that we even looking down the list that we would see where each of us needs to grow, the lowest slat that Holy Spirit you're putting your finger on that we need to grow. Thank you for setting the example for us. So I pray that you would send us a friend. Now with every head bowed and eye closed, you might be here today. There was one who loves you, who will never leave you and never forsake you. His name is Jesus. He loves you. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one in this room is a sinner. We're sinners. And because sin breaks the highest law of all, God's word, it has the greatest penalty of all. What's the penalty, Pastor Eugene? It's when this life is over, we'll spend eternity in hell. It's a real place, and real people really go there. What are we going to do? Well, that's the good news. The good news is that's why Jesus came, the gospel, to live a sinless life, to die on a cross, to pay the penalty for our sins. And we have to turn to him to access that forgiveness. And you go, Pastor Eugene, how do you do that? It's easy as A, B, C. First, you have to admit, I'm a sinner. You got to know where you're really at. You got to go, God, I need you. You have to admit it. B, believe that Jesus came to die on the sin, on the cross, to cover our sins so we could be forgiven. He said, I'll take your sinfulness and I'll exchange it for righteousness. He'll make us white as snow. And then see, confess him as the Lord. Being a part of a church won't get you to heaven. Being baptized won't get you to heaven. Being christened won't get you to heaven. Those are all good things. It's not until you put your faith in the only one, the only one. Jesus would say this about himself, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. And so today, if you're ready to be born again, to give your life to Jesus, to have forgiveness of all of your sins, and to follow him, I want to pray for you right now. Say, Pastor you, that's me. Would you slip your hand up right now all over the room? Don't, don't be ashamed. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see your hands. Thank you, I see your hands. Thank you, I see them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Congregation, can we pray with each one of these? Lift our voice together and say this. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my debt, and you died for it. I believe you face hell for me so I wouldn't have to go, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise for that? Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? I want to pray a blessing over you. If you prayed to receive Christ today, if you prayed with us, our prayer team's going to be here. I'm asking one step. Just come, let us pray with you before you go. And uh, I hope you have a great day today. I hope you have a Super Bowl party. I'm going to go hold my grandbaby today, this afternoon. And uh, so let me pray a blessing over you before you leave today. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. And you're going out to your coming in again. May all that you set your hands to seeking first the kingdom of God. May he bless it and prosper it. And I bless you in the name of the Father, his son, Jesus, and the all-abiding Holy Spirit. You just say, I receive that. We love you. God bless you. Have a great, great day.